My next guest is part of a spiritually driven mother-daughter duo called Rise Leadership Circle. At Rise, they coach soulful entrepreneurs to launch and scale their dreams. Their work focuses on creating personal transformation, resulting in their clients building lucrative businesses, often going from idea to consistent five-figure months within the first year. At Rise Leadership Circle, there's a saying, worth, then wealth. From a background of burnout and life-threatening illness, they were intuitively led into a new paradigm where well-being and worthiness are the center of success and generosity is their business's heartbeat. In less than three years, they've given more than $60,000 of no-strings-attached grants to nonprofits and entrepreneurs to support their rise into entrepreneurship. Her and her mother run low-investment, high-value memberships, courses, and intimate coaching masterminds. Kayla Jetta, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Zach. It's fun to be here. Yes, I'm very excited to have you. I love your energy. I love your excitement for life. So it's really, really a pleasure to have you on here. Thank you. So we'll dive right in. Right off the bat, we're going to jump in and ask what everybody's probably wondering. What is the story behind the burnout and life-threatening illness? Ooh, okay. So my mom and I each have our own experience with this. Of course, I'll focus on mine, but I think it's helpful to know, you know, the history as a whole. So basically my entire life, I grew up being the overachiever. I can do it all. I'll get it done. Kind of girl. I started dancing competitively in first grade. And so I would come home, eat a quick snack immediately, either do like homework for 30 minutes. Like my parents never had to tell me. And then I would go to practice. And this was my life. This was all I knew you know, through high school is just be super focused, be dedicated to school, be dedicated to dance. And so that's the pattern of life that I was running. And then I went to college and during my freshman year, of course, I was continuing to run my pattern of overachieve perfection, do it all, but it kind of became a turbo boost. And so at 19 years old, I found myself in the emergency room having had a stroke, which is pretty significant. And while it is shocking to hear of a 19 year old having a stroke. Unfortunately, it's actually much more common than we would think. And I found that me living this extremely high stress, always in the go perfectionist lifestyle was not going to sustain any kind of health. So that was really the first catapults turning point moment for me. Wow. And within that, what were the thoughts going through your mind? Because obviously now looking back, you can draw the, draw the lines to the dots. But back then when this was all happening, how did it, how did it form for you? What thoughts came to your mind? What was the next step you took? Yeah. So my journey from having a stroke to where I am now has really happened in three parts. And the first part was solely focused on my physical health. I mean, when I was in the emergency room, it, it took the doctor seven hours to even diagnose me having had a stroke which is pretty risky because it's important that you can diagnose it within the first hour usually. Um, And so upon first being diagnosed, my first thought was just, am I going to die? You know, it was just really around, am I going to survive this? I didn't even understand. And so I would say that the first three or four years after I was solely focused on my physical health, I was changing my diet. I was looking at stress and I wasn't getting it perfect by any means. It was a lot of trial and error. So it was all around my physical health. And then the next part of my journey, this is when I started being introduced to coaching and started going to coaching school. That was when I really started to focus on mindset and looking at my mental well-being and seeing that 
I could make changes in my life based on my mindset. And then I spent, so I spent the next couple of years really having some up levels around my mindset. And then the third phase, which is where I say that I still am, you know, even years later, recovering from, maybe recovering is not the right word, but just integrating the lessons that the, the stroke has given me is it's all around spirituality. And so I'm seeing that this, that having a stroke when I did was something that happened for me and it changed the direction of my life. And I'm still getting so many downloads and lessons even today around what that, what that meant, why it happened for me. And so it's, it's really been a journey that goes through all those phases. Wow. Wow. It sounds like something that somebody possibly hits when they're 60 or 70. Right. Yeah. You know, so, just yesterday I had a client say, how, how did you get so wise? And I was like, well, I, I might be an old soul trapped in a young body. <laughs> you know, I have some <laughs> evidence of that. <laughs> yeah. It, it just shows that there is, like you mentioned, a reason for everything. So this oftentimes happens to people who are 60, 70, maybe even 80. And this for whatever reason happened at a young age of 19. So there's obviously means, Hey, there's a lot of time in your lifetime that we need to focus on different things. Let's, let's speed up your process. Yeah. It really taught me to honor the path that I'm on and that, you know, I know that I can always choose to, to transition my path. And no matter where I am in my journey to just honor that and have reverence for it, because it's the path I'm on for a reason. Mm, Yeah. That's, that's a great spot to jump off here is honor the path you're on. So that is something that I personally started really diving into probably three years ago. I think it was when I realized how much I was comparing myself to others, how much I was copy and pasting my, my ideas of other people's ideas of success into my life, their habits, their actions, all these things. And at some point I really came to the conclusion of what you're saying now is, okay, my upbringing is different than everyone else's upbringing. Yeah. There's some similarities, but I shouldn't be guilty or feel any negativity about where I'm at, how I've been raised, you know, what the things are I'm working on right now, because it's completely different than anyone else. So I need to honor that. So what are your thoughts on comparison and how, how did you go about that? Maybe, maybe it's something you struggle with. Maybe it's not. Great question. I frequently use the analogy of flowers in a flower bed or wildflowers growing anywhere. And I use this a lot with my clients is like each of us are our own unique flower. I actually have recently looked up. There's more than 400,000 different kinds of flowers. So there's a lot of opportunity for us to choose the kind of flower that we are. So it's like each of us are our own flower and we have a, a growth plan. There are times when we're dormant. There are times when we're growing. There are times when we're fully blooming. There are times when we are recouping from being fully flourished And if we look to the flower next to us and, you know, if I'm a rose and I look to the sunflower next to me, that is just skyrocketing, soaring sky high and compare myself and think I'm not doing it right. I'm not as tall as that sunflower. I'm not as yellow as that sunflower. It just doesn't make any sense. It's not, it's not helpful for me Mm. to compare myself to the sunflower, but what is helpful is for me to look at the sunflower and be in total celebration and be excited for the sunflower honoring their journey and be in that energy of look at who I get to grow next to. Isn't it so exciting that this sunflower is doing exactly what they need to do? And I can choose that for me. I can be the rose honoring my own path too. Mm. 
And yeah, my question within that for people listening that I think will tie into, I think I know where this might go, but why do you feel people even start out doing that, comparing themselves to other? Because what you just described there, I'm sure no one disagrees with. I'm sure everyone listening goes, heck yeah, I'd love to do that. I'd love to celebrate that person. I'd love to just look and accept where I'm at and, and appreciate where I'm at and celebrate where I'm at and celebrate other people's path. But I struggle with that. So why do you think people struggle with that comparison? Well, I think that a lot of it comes from conditioning that started eons ago where the conditioning taught us that there is one quote unquote right way to be a right way to look a right way to talk a right way to sound a right way to have ideas. And even though that's not true, there actually is not one right way. There are billions of ways that each of us get to be. We have been conditioned over time by society and it is passed down through our lineage that this is the way to be. And so anytime we measure ourselves up to this made up standard, what happens is that we start to think like, I'm not good enough. I'm not this enough. I'm not that enough, or I'm too much of this or too much of that. And so we hold ourselves to this made up standard. And then we look to someone else who we think is meeting the standard and we compare ourselves against that. And so this is why I love the work that I do around coming back to your worthiness and your truth, instead of having a standard that someone else set for you. Ooh, yeah. I think for, for me, what I, cause I, I completely agree. And that's a huge reason in the inspirations with starting this podcast is define finding different definitions and paths to quote unquote success, because I agree there's so much conditioning around what equals success, what equals happiness. And it's so individualized. Yes, there could be similarities through many, but the whole copy paste method just doesn't work. It's not fulfilling. Yes, you might materialize things in your life that are similar to the other person if you follow their actions or their advice, but the, the fulfillment won't be there. The same level of fulfillment because we're all individuals. And the one right way type of mentality that is something I, I, I'm sure everybody does, but I struggle with for a long time. And I remember when I started branching off from that was when someone asked me, it was actually one of my coaches asked me, what if there wasn't a right way? Because I was in this um, paralysis by analysis spot and I was just terrified of making a decision. And they said, what if there wasn't a right way? And what if there wasn't a wrong way? And that just blew my mind. I'm like, wait a minute. So all this time, I thought that there was this right way and this wrong way, and I was going to choose the wrong way. And one of my favorite quotes is something along the lines of, um, you get good results based upon, how's it go? Good results based upon good, um, good, how does it go? Good results come from, good decisions and mm. good decisions come from experience and experience oftentimes comes from bad decisions or, you know, good and bad isn't necessarily the best way to describe them. But that's how I started looking at things is no matter what I make this, I mean, no matter what decision I make right now, I am going to get experience and learn more, or I'm going to get the result that I'm looking for. Either way, it's going to work out for me. I love that. Something we frequently say to our clients is you can't choose wrong and you didn't choose wrong. How do we know? Because it's what you chose, whatever you chose is what you chose. And so it's perfect. It's what you, it's what you chose period. There is no right or wrong. It's there's only choices. 
Yeah, I love that. And along the worthiness piece, how do you how do you talk to people about that? That like, obviously, not obviously, but I think sometimes people understand that oh, oh there's this lack of self worth within me, with my business or my relationship or you know being an employee, but being any situation, and they can see it. What? How do you talk to them about that? Thank you for asking that. This is one of my favorite things to have a conversation around. So it's not a matter of, am I worthy or am I not worthy? Because the truth that I hold is every single human is innately worthy and that we are born with every ounce of worthiness, the very first second that we are born. And there's no way that we can ever increase or decrease our worthiness. And so it's not a conversation about how worthy am I, or am I worthy? The conversation is, how connected to my worth am I? Do I operate as someone who is deeply connected with my worth or not? And that is the gap that I see. So I've never, ever, ever in my life met a person who wasn't worthy. And I've met many people who don't know that they're worthy Mm. or who don't operate from a sense of being connected with their worth. And so that's the conversation that I have with people is like, what does it look like for you when you're connected with your worth? Um, or we'll play with a question of, so if you were fully connected with your worth right now, then what choice would you make? And that's kind of the place that we start at. So th- mm-hmm. can you see the difference, the distinction between those? Definitely. Definitely. It's, it's not a, Hey, let's build up your worth. It's no, let's just help you see that you are worthy and you have that worth with inside of you. Yes. Let's just remind you of your truth that you might've forgotten about because we don't learn in school for the most part. I mean, maybe things are changing now since I've been in school to connect with your worth every day. Mm. We learn to achieve and perfect and do and focus on tasks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This, I think this is a great segue into the question is what is your take? I know that um, I read a little bit about your ancestors were miners. That was something that I saw. And it instilled into you this hard work, this work ethic. What is your take? Because I, I personally believe it aligns with what we're talking about here. Is what is your take on the hustle culture, the go, 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 grind culture? What do you, what do you think about that? Okay, so for me personally, mm-hmm. hustling is not a match. It's not an energetic alignment for hustling. And I'm not here to make hustling wrong. So if someone is like, hustling feels so good to me, I love it so much, I'm not here to make them wrong. I, I love that everyone gets to choose a thing for them. But for me personally, it is not a match. It is not the life I want to live anymore because I did live it for so long. And I found myself, you know, having a stroke, chronic illness, my whole life, burnout after burnout. And so it's not something that I choose for myself anymore. Mm, I, I see that. And for, for me, what I saw out of it, cause I, I love how you answered that, how you feel that that was, Hey, everybody chooses their own path and uh, there's no right or wrong here. I absolutely love that. I think f- for me, when I saw it in myself at times, some of it was because I was so excited and I, you know, worked until I fell asleep because I was just so excited about what I was doing. But then there were those other times where it attached to that worthiness of, I need to, similar to what you're talking about in school is I need to achieve so that I can get that A, so that I'm worthy of that A plus, or so that people acknowledge me. So I feel good about myself. Like, what do you think about that piece of the hustling or the achieving? Yeah. 
that's a question I'm consistently in conversation with my clients around is what's your come from? Mm. So are the actions that you're taking in effort to prove that you're good enough? You know, are you setting a money goal so that once you finally hit this money goal, then you're like, I'm worthy, I'm good enough, I'm successful enough. Or are you so connected with your worth and your value and your possibility and you're lit up around your passion and the path that you're on that you're like, these are the actions that I'm going to take because they're aligned for me. And then a result occurs as a result of you being connected to your worthiness. I love that. It's yeah. The result as well as the word that I like is the compliments. It's it compliments yeah. you meaning like totally. these aren't things that you need to fill you up. These aren't these things that you need to complete you this, this job, this business, this income. But once you're connected to that place of worth, you're able to do things, manifest things, create things that complement that sense of worth as well as the mission or impact that you have on this on this earth. Yeah. Something else that we, I say we, my mom and I are business partners. I think that was clear, but just in case people are like, why does she keep saying we? Um, that we really try to hold space for is the difference between operating from masculine energy and feminine energy, which has nothing to do with men or women, but just the different energies that all humans have masculine and feminine energy with inside of ourselves. And I think that, you know, when we think about the hustle culture that can be more like toxic masculinity, where it's just like, go, 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 go without having a purpose, without having an intention and masculine energy is still very helpful and positive. And so there are definitely times when I'm like, okay, I have um, something that I'm playing for or a goal or whatever it might be. And I'm going to intentionally choose to be in masculine energy to, to drive that a little bit. And so we can absolutely still be in high energy and driving without being in hustle. And that's a distinction is that we, you know, there is a way to drive without being in hustle. And the other thing is that we can create a lot of success and a lot of goals from divine feminine energy which I think there hasn't been a lot of conversation around in society. We just hold it like, if you want to accomplish, then you need to be driving. And Mm. another way is that actually you can lean into your divine feminine and you can be in receiving and creating and manifesting. And that's another path to get there. Wow. I love that. Thank you for bringing that in. I'm actually talking with, I don't know if you know of him, but Traver Bohm, he is very, he's a thought leader in the masculine feminine conversation. And um, he'll be on, I believe it's next week. And I have so many questions around that for him, but I love that you brought that in. And where do you think, what, or what, what do you think is missing from the conversation you mentioned there with the feminine energy? Because like you said, the achieving, it's, it's very easy to go, oh, I, I want to achieve. So I need to go hard. I need to work really, really hard, long hours, all these things. But there's also that other piece that you mentioned there. What, what would you say about there is, is missing from this conversation? What I would say is that I think I'm, I'm generalizing now. So certainly not every human feels this way, but that we tend to hold, if we want to be successful, masculine energy is the path. And what's missing is to understand that we can also choose feminine energy. So masculine energy is not wrong. It's a choice we can make. And we can choose to create from divine feminine energy. And a great example of that is sales. You know, I think that sales, how most of us know it comes from masculine energy of we lead the conversation and we drive the sale and there can be strategies or techniques. And that works a lot of the time. 
And we can make really powerful sales from a space of divine feminine energy. And I know that all of the biggest enrollments or sales I've ever had in, in any of my careers came when I was in divine feminine energy. And I think the reason for that is because when we're in divine feminine energy, really aligned with that, it invites the other person to respond in masculine energy. And that's really effective when we want to see someone take action. Mm. Wow. I haven't thought of it that way. Wow. Are you at, you invite the other, the opposing end of the energy to, to take action. Wow. Yeah. I have not thought of it that way. How do you, how do you work with your community, your clients on which energy to come from when in a certain situation? By having them tune into what feels most aligned for them. Mm. So I hold that my clients are the 100% experts of their life and that they have all the wisdom and they always know. So my job is never to tell them what I think the best option is. You know, sometimes I'll share my opinions if they're asking, but really my job is to ask a question that invites them to go inside and check in with themselves. What energy feels most aligned for me in this moment? Mm, okay. And okay. Let's say there's someone out there right now saying that the using generalizations going, oh, the masculine is too aggressive and mm -hmm. the feminine seems too weak. Like, how would you answer those? Because I know those are out there, those generalizations, those thoughts. How would you answer that? Or what would you say to that person? Is that in this hypothetical, is that person thinking they don't want to play in, in feminine energy because it's too weak? I think the the two, just in general, okay. the two, because you mentioned earlier, neither is right or wrong. Both have yeah. powerful, both are powerful, but I think there's a generalization in the world of both of them, of the negativity that comes along with both. Right. Of them. Okay. Sense. So what I would say is that we live in a world of harmony. And so actually having a balance of both and Ooh. being able to play and dip and, and swing between both is what creates success and power. And so if we are only ever trying to operate from one, then we're leaving a whole re a whole resource on the table for us. And so there is a time and a place for, for all of the energy. And if we can be in tune with ourselves enough to know what kind of energy we want to show and when, then we'll flow between the two of them and create a lot of harmony. Wow. I love that. It's not necessarily saying, oh, this or that. It's the harmony the consistent yeah. flow of the both of them. Love that. Absolutely love that. Something I want to, because this that's a conversation. I, I just said this in the last podcast I recorded is that I feel like we could talk about that for hours. And, you know, maybe, maybe eventually I'll move into Joe Rogan style and we'll talk for three hours. But um, for the time being, this is the time slot we're sit, sticking with. So a question I wanted to jump into that I wanted to make sure to ask you before we, before we ended up here was, you have given more than the two of you have given more than $60,000 in less than three years to nonprofits and entrepreneurs. That is over $20,000 per year. That's a lot of coin to be given away. So tell us what's your inspiration behind this? Thank you for asking that. So when we, we built our business, we sketched out the business plan on notebooks where we were at the beach in San Diego. So we were there for a vacation together. We went every morning, we would go on a walk, go to Whole Foods, get a picnic for the day, and then go to the beach and pull out these notebooks that ended up being sand covered. And when we started sketching our business plan, what it looked like was small circles 
inside of larger circles. And at the very core, we knew that we wanted the foundation of our business to be generosity and not just with money, but generous in our in our thoughts, generous in the way that we share our resources, generous in the way that we offer compassion to people and generous with our resources. And so we just made a decision that we would be setting aside um, something of all the money that comes in. And then when we felt inspired, we would make sure that we're sharing that with the world. And that for us is just really that we believe energy out is energy in. And when we can, when we can operate not with tightly clenched fists, but from open fists of thank you universe for, for providing this in, we are willing to let it keep going out. We'll, we're celebrating that it goes out. It just feels so good for us. And it has us operate from a, from a real alignment of what our truth is. And so that's why we do it. I love that. And I love what you said is it's not holding on. Yeah. You know, I think that's, it's so easy, especially like you mentioned, it's, this generosity comes in other forms than just money, but money is one that's talked about. And I think that's such a soft subject for many people because that, you know, they hold on to it. It's just so tight. It's the scarce resource in many people's minds. And I think acts like that are great uh, examples of showing that, Hey, there's plenty to go around and there's plenty for it to go out, plenty to come in. It goes both ways. So that is, go ahead. We know that our clients also want to be generous in all of the ways that, that there is to be generous. And so it's important to us to hold that container and to model that you can actually build a business based on generosity instead of strategy. And so we just live our truth. Wow. I love that. And I love that this was something that was ingrained and grain, um, sand, you know, it's grain ingrained sand. Yeah. It was spoken about on the beach before mm-hmm. this even started. And now a couple of years later, it's obvious that it's stuck true to you. And I love that you stayed within integrity with that and stuck to what's true to you. I absolutely love that. And now I'd like to, we're wrapping up towards the end of this conversation. I'd love to go into some rapid fire questions. So I have a couple of them here and I'll go one by one. So the first one is if you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere you want with anything on it, getting to a message to millions, what would you say and why? Oh, such a good question. It would be something around either like you're worthy or connecting with possibilities. I think maybe it would just say like, or you're enough. I think it would say you're enough. Oh, and why, why do you feel that's the message people need to hear? Because we don't wake up necessarily thinking that unless we start to train ourselves that we wake up thinking, oh, I didn't do this good enough or I'm the comparison thing again. And so to have that reminder that actually I'm enough, exactly who I am as I am is really powerful. I love that. So next one, I want to, one of these days, I'm going to just make a street full of all these billboards that people have, <laughs> I love have that. told me. I just thought of that now. That'd be wonderful. Next question. What is one action you advise people to do in the near future for them to become successful in their own right? I would invite people to spend some time with themselves, with their soul, with their heart, and just see what message wants to be heard mm-hmm. and trust that and follow that and know that whatever's coming from inside of them can be trusted. Okay. So spend time with yourself and just let that come in. I love that. Um, before I ask two more, I have two more questions before I ask that any last words you want to share with the audience? 
I'm so grateful. Thank you for listening and taking this time for you. This listening to this podcast was an act of self-care. So thank you. for yes, I love that. Um, where can they find you? I'll put your, I'll put your details in the show notes, but for people just listening, what would you say where you can, where they can find you? Great. So Facebook and Instagram at my name. So K-A-E-L-A-G-E-D-D-A. And then also at Rise Leadership Circle, both of those places. Okay, wonderful. And my last question for you is, what is your definition of success? So I borrow this from Marianne Williamson. When I heard hers, I was just like, there's, no, there's never going to be a better one for me, at least not yet. And so Marianne Williamson's definition of success is, success is living a more meaningful life. And I just really think that that's true. Short, sweet, simple. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you. And thank you so much. That concludes our conversation today. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to spend time with us and spend time with the audience to bring these messages to them. There's a lot of experience you've had in the coaching world and working with empowering people. And that is something that you easily expressed through this conversation. I'm so happy to share this message with the audience. So thank you so much for taking the time and being on here today. Thank you, Zach. And for all of you listening, thanks for tuning in and we will see you next time.